and we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 277, uh, aka Year 6, Week 27, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with... MC. And... KS. <laughs> All right. And since this is your weekly call-in show, those numbers for you to never dial are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so you might be uh, taken off a little early, Ken, KS? Yeah, sorry. So, I'm so sorry. No problem. Um, so if he breaks away, if that comes in, you know, before we hit the stop button on the record, uh, it'll just be me and MC closing up shop. But since we have him here for now, what's going on this week with you guys? Crickets. Mm. Crickets again. <laughs> yeah. Is it really that boring in Hawaii? I feel like there was a lot really more is. going on. Than, uh, there's a hurricane just... coming up uh, this weekend. So, uh, you know, everybody's stocking up, getting ready. That's right. We can get it. That's one of those like every time go to topics of price gouging when it comes to hurricane season. Uh, but yeah, I totally forgot about that. I saw the warnings. I was like, eh, I wonder. I wonder if yeah. we're actually going to be able to do a show or if this thing is going to. I don't. I have no idea when it's supposed to hit. Monday. Uh, Monday. Okay. Well, maybe not next week. Then we'll see. Um, but the the go to topic every hurricane season because people still don't get it is the price gouging. Right. Everyone runs to the store to stock up. <laughs> the store runs out. People get bitchy. Right. Oh, why did you guys sell everything? Why are you guys buying up all the supplies? There was nothing left for me. And then you go like, well, if the store was allowed to raise the price, then there'd be some left for you. But you would have to pay more because it's worth more now that the situation has changed. No, I shouldn't have to pay any more than what's regular priced. And they're taking advantage of us if they raise the price. And I still want it. At what it was when there, there was no hurricane coming. So, if you want to speak to that, KS, uh, go for it. But that's that's generally how this goes every time there's a natural disaster or a hurricane uh, or a state lockdown put in place. People need supplies. I hate it when the government does that. They uh, There was a case that John Stossel recorded about a guy who stocked up he, he he was in st louis and he bought a whole bunch of um generators put them into a u-haul took them down to new orleans after hurricane katrina went through and they arrested him for charging twice the usual price of of them everybody there said they wanted generators they needed them and nobody was supplying them the government certainly wasn't taxing the taxpayer to bring them down there i mean there was a tremendous shortage and um when this guy brought them, they arrested him and they put, impounded his uh, uh, his generator. So nobody got him, and he got arrested. And therefore, anyone else was discouraged from, "Hey, don't don't go out of your way to try and help these people." I mean, here's well, the guy he wasn't helping Ken. Whole... He was taking advantage <laughs> with doubling the price. He should be in jail for that out egregious behavior towards <laughs> his fellow citizens. I know, and I, I, I. I I think that well, I think that Stossel put a quest, uh, put the question directly to the prosecutor and said, "Aren't you being immoral?" Uh, and the guy had this stunned look. Oh no, 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 no! What, what do you mean? How could I be immoral? You know, you're depriving these people of their freedom to trade, and um, and actually getting in their way. But yeah, that's uh, I, I I do surveys in my classes all the time about. Um, about this, should it be uh, illegal to raise prices before or before, during, or after a storm? 
and they all say, oh, yes, it's a criminal. But but what happens is if the price... Do like you fail you them the, when they do that F across no, the board? No, I mean, it's oh. uh, just a matter of discussion and all that, because that's that's the way the laws are, and it's good to, to challenge it. But if, like you said, the value goes up, so therefore, instead of buying one package of toilet paper, um, people stock up. They... they uh, not sure if there's going to be a shortage so they stock up and they buy three packs of, of toilet paper and so the next guy you know, the shelves are empty but if he had to pay more for it uh, he would be more cautious about how much he stocked up in this came up uh, with mc a little bit so i want to i want to hear your position on this and maybe just to reiterate uh, during that whole toilet paper debacle at the beginning of covid uh, is it the responsibility of the uh, stores, the sellers, to restrict the amount that they sell directly to the consumers to prevent price gouging, uh, because the the price gouging uh, aftermarket um, adds no economic value in in any exchange. Well, stores do that all the time. They limit. I mean, they say, okay, one pack or three packs per customer in order to ration it, and that's. Uh, you know, but how do they know how much a customer needs? And maybe one one customer has a family of ten that they're feeding and taking care of, and another customer has just one. I mean, it's it's arbitrary. Um, much better to leave it up to the individuals to decide. Sure, but then but then the individuals will decide to overbuy, most likely because again the value has increased, but the price is unable to to keep up with it. I guess who's responsible for, you know, in those, in these crisis situations, there's always going to be uh, greater demand than there is supply because all of a sudden everyone needs these things in abundance, right? Because it, you can't go back to the store the next day um, and supply is unable to keep up because um, the way the supply chain is, you know, set up right now, you don't have big old warehouses full of these things. Uh, so when there's an uptick in demand or a crisis situation, uh, supply is stagnant. So who's responsible for, for balancing that equation, I guess, or is should anyone be responsible to make sure that everyone is well served uh, in the market? Well, the best way is the free market. Okay. Yeah. One of the issues that came up, I'm going to take this back to the beginning of COVID real quick because it was the whole toilet paper shortage. Uh, and it was... Uh, argued greatly uh, that the the toilet paper shortage is not a failure of the free market, but a failure of the just-in-time inventory system. Like, be, because the producers of things weren't able to produce enough to restock the shelves quickly enough uh, to keep up with the, the pace at which people were going to the store to purchase. And the, the the argument that was made was that this is a failure of just-in-time inventory system. Look what it's stress-tested, uh, that it, it fails. And the, the argument that I made uh, in response to that was, well, this is not this is not a stress test. This is like, you know, this is a one-off situation, right? If, if something works 99.9% .9 of the time and you have one anomaly, right, that being, you know, the COVID, everyone runs to get toilet paper, you don't call that a failure of the entire system. Right. And it was, you know, the argument back was, yes, it is. It's a total failure because look, now no one can get toilet paper. And if we had gone back to the days of where big old warehouses and just stocking stuff all the time, 
um, this wouldn't have happened. I went, yeah, but then you'd be paying the price to warehouse everything, right? All the time, right? That would be, that would be a built-in cost to your regular toilet paper purchase 100% of the time, um, rather than just paying a small premium during, uh, uh an anomalous situation, like an ex, uh, uh, externality, an outlier looking for the right word here, an outlier situation, um, like this. So is it, is that a failure of just in time inventory? It's, it's, um, a a trade-off is, is in economics, there always is a trade-off. Now consider before the just in time inventory, you had to have a huge warehouse filled with stuff, which cost a lot of money, which meant that you had to charge a higher price. That's what I said. Really want lower price. Yeah, that's right. Okay. No, no, keep going. I'm just no. I'm, so if you want a lower price, then you have to allow for, you know, uh, uncertainties about uh, uh, the delivery. And they're getting faster and faster with delivery. I mean, Amazon is amazing. For example, to be able to get things delivered across the country um, from your order to to your door, uh, and and they're they're really striving to make it faster and faster all the time. So I'd I'd say, uh, you know, they got hit. The, they got hit pretty hard with COVID though. Like I'll admit that because it went from like, I can get my stuff in two days to, well, it's not essential. So I might get it in two months. And then now, because I don't say, well, they got hit, but they, they did extremely well because so many people are ordering things online now. Yes. I mean, their, their business really soared. Right. But they, you know, uh, I pay for prime, right? So there's, there's an expectation, you know, I don't, I don't want to call it like a breach of contract, but there was an expectation that, um, when I order something from Amazon, right, I get it shipped quickly because I play, I, I pay a premium for that service. Um, so I don't know how long it was taking people, non-prime members to get their, their non-prime non-essential delivery. Um, but if prime was two months out, because that's how that, that was the backlog that needed to be cleared. Um, I can't imagine if that was any faster or too much faster for regular customers. I found it to be really random. Like one th- one thing I would buy would take a month and another thing I would buy, uh, you know, a day later would be, you know, four days and I'm in Hawaii. So, <laughs> well, I think some of that was whether or not it was essential, right? Like I, I, I ordered I don't non-essential. Know. I, okay. I, I, I buy mostly non-essential stuff. So. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, but now they're kind of back on track. Like if I order something from Amazon and it's like, you know, the, the difference is there's now like multiple levels of prime shipping, right? There's like, there's actual Amazon prime and then there's like prime delivery and then there's the regular stuff. So I think that somewhere along the line, they switch things up, um, either internally to differentiate between actual prime and prime delivery. Um, cause I know some things that I've ordered on prime delivery still take a few weeks. Whereas if it was prime, like it, it was pre, you know, pre-March or so, um, it was still like a day or two before I was like in my hand. But I also, I also don't order a lot of essential, you know, essential things. So if it takes a few extra days, yeah, whatever, I can wait. As long as I, I wait longer waiting for a good deal than I care about waiting <laughs> to, to get delivered right away. But I just, I, I just think that the whole, the whole idea that the, and I was just trying to, you know, I was, I was interrupting you a little bit, KS, so I'll apologize for that. But I was doing so to, to vindicate myself, to feel vindication, uh, <laughs> because no, no, everything I'm, everything you were saying was like, that was that yeah, was the whole point yeah. that I was trying to make. You don't call no, it a I, failure. 
of course we're 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 coming at it from the same angle that's all that, yeah and that's that we're supporting each other that's as it always is yeah <laughs> um but yeah so that's what's you know so that was going on there but the hurricane comes and it's amazing maybe you can answer this or speculate on it um how much maybe this is the wrong way to phrase it how how many times do we have to make the argument for the free market for uh companies to be allowed to raise the prices for companies allowed to dictate uh, whether or not there's a, a, a limit on how much they can sell um, before people get it. Because I feel like every every time there's a crisis, every time there's a natural disaster, um, again, we're, we're having this discussion because it's already come up, right? Like I was, you know, I, I, I'm still uh, friends on social media with people from Hawaii. And the first thing said is like, hurricane's coming. Please, everyone, don't buy more than you need, right? Leave some for the rest of us. Yeah. I was like, well, just get to the store first. So will will the average person ever get it through their head that that's not the way it works? No, but I think we're, I, I like J.P. Sears uh, when, when he makes videos about being offended. And uh, that's some people's primary role is to be offended. And so if somebody runs out of a product, they get offended. If somebody raises the price on a product, they get offended. If there's, if there's uh, shelves overflowing with product at low prices, they get offended. You know, is this the same person <laughs> or is it, right. or there's always a group of people, but that's no, it's just, there's enough people to be offended by anything to get the government to, you know, react in some way, no matter what happens. Isn't that like the highlight? Uh, I don't want to make this too partisan because I'm no, I don't consider myself right, but isn't that the highlight of the modern leftist movement? Is oh, of course. no matter what it is, be offended by it, cancel everything until everything is canceled. It seems right. to be the goal. Well, it's funny because there's a lot of chaos happening in Democrat run cities, and the politicians are encouraging it or allowing it to happen, and they don't even want the you know the federal government to come in, which I I can understand that too. Or participating uh, but, it. There was some mayor that got like tear gas for being out there with rioters. Well, sure. But what's, what's even funnier is now some of the rioters are getting to the politicians' homes. And now all of a sudden they're surprised. Like what? We, we, we supported these people and now they're, they're, you know, destroying our homes. Like, like what, what's going on? Like, Surprise they, bitches. They, <laughs> exactly. It's like, what are you guys t- cheering for? I think, oh, it's okay. It's okay to destroy some uh, uh, family-owned business, but but not the politician's home. Like, <laughs> well, not if the politician went out there and gave a speech and told them how they're going to work towards your goals and take right. your take whatever you think matters into consideration as long as you vote for them in the next election cycle. Uh, maybe people are actually seeing through it now. Maybe I don't know. No, I, I don't think so. I think I think there's there's rioters, and I and I and I don't think that they have a, a clue what they're really doing. For example, um, tearing down a, or, or vandalizing a statue of Fred, Frederick Douglass. Right. You know, it's like that's because Black Lives Matter. Well, sure, but uh, that's that's the level of. Uh, Ignorance? That, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ignorance or thought, thought going through these people's minds and, and for the, for the politicians to say, 
uh, riots and destruction of private property are a good thing well that's just insane and so they get what they deserve they get their their own private property uh, destroyed too so the other thing that came up um, recently with with all that was the the uh, the cry out to libertarians and the boogaloo movement to protect the rioters all of a sudden when they were being snatched off the streets by uh, federal agents, un- unmarked federal agents and unmarked cars, right? Like dudes in fatigues carrying, you know, weapons, just rolled up on people, yanked them, threw them in a car and took them away. Yeah, that's and scary. It is very scary. Um, so I'm going to throw this out there for both of you, maybe more so UKS because you, you're the, the quote unquote libertarian among us. Um, do libertarians have an obligation to protect uh, Marxist rioters? Um, I, I, I would say that we're talking about, uh, well, freedom of speech, that everybody um, should have the right to it, that nobody, no one should interfere with that. I mean, it, um, on the other hand, you're talking about rioting. There's a whole lot of factors. You know, is it speech or is it uh, doing damage to somebody's property? Whose property is it? A whole lot of issues at stake here for the pure libertarian answer, I think. Well, it came down as a contention among libertarians because there are the there are a group of libertarians. I don't know which camp they fall into. I don't know what to name them. That said that uh, those that you know that's a, a, a over overstepping of the state's boundaries. They shouldn't be doing that in unmarked you know clothes. There's no due process there. And we must stand up for the rights and the liberties that are being infringed upon, even if we disagree with the the rioters' position on other things, right? And then there was the other group of libertarians um, that said, well, these rioters, these are the Marxists that are trying to take away all of our freedoms and liberties. Uh, Good for them. We can can stand back and and let them watch. And that was the contention amongst, uh, in libertarian circles, right, where is the enemy of my enemy my friend, right? Do I, do I, you know, first they come for the trade unionists and then they come for the Marxists and I didn't stand up and then they came for me, uh, or are they both our enemies? And so we just let them fight it out. And, you know, I yeah, say, pick up the pieces. More, that's more likely. What the pick, the, the boat, they're both our enemies. Uh, yeah. So that's, that would be your position then MC, like not necessarily the libertarian position, but your person, you're saying like, let, let the feds handle the rioters because that's one less enemy we have to worry about. Well, I mean, that's kind of what the the government would do. They would fund both sides, and uh, and until uh, they won, you know, in in a multinational war. Uh, so you could do the same thing. You could say, well, uh, if you know, if the if the government starts to win, you could, you know, send some some Marxists some guns, and and uh, then the Marxists <laughs> will shoot the government, and the government will shoot the Marxists, and then yeah, maybe at the end, you know, it'll be better. But I I kind of doubt it. You know, I think I think violence breeds more violence, and so I you know I don't think that's a good uh, uh, tactic. But uh, it it would be a good show. Oh, and as as long as you're going to stand back and not participate, like as good a show as it can be, I tend to fall in your camp a little bit, MC, where I go like, well, let them fight it out because we're it's going to be why why should libertarians fight on two fronts, right? Why should we fight the you know why should we have a battle with the government, the feds, you know that, and then on a whole separate front 
have a battle with the Marxists and the communists looking to also steal freedom, right? Yeah. That, that I mean, doesn't if, seem if productive you, at all either. If a libertarian wanted something to do, uh, they should protect private people's private property. And if somebody's private property is, uh, you know, getting taken or, uh, you know, burned down from by either side or, or, you know, in the case of the government stolen from, uh, you know, protect, try to protect that person from the government and from the Marxists. Okay. Um, so should Gentlemen, we be concerned I, at all? I have to excuse myself. I've got an errand. I have to go pick up someone from a, a hike. Saw that and coming. I, sorry about that. I'm no problem. My apologies. Yeah. yeah thanks. Thanks for okay. being with us for the, yeah. the, the beginning part. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Aloha. Right. So my, my question is, should we be concerned at all about the Fed tactics uh, of picking people off the street? Because if they're going to do it to the Marxists, what's to stop them uh, from doing it to libertarians or liberty-minded individuals or other, other anarchists of different, you know? I don't know. <laughs> or should we just be prepared to defend ourselves more thoroughly if and when that does happen? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, something the preppers have been doing for a long time. Preparing. <laughs> Are they prepared for this though? Like well, when I think of preppers, I think of like food in a bomb shelter, and that you know you know where to go uh, before you starve to death. Not sure. so much preppers, insofar as we're going to fight the government in a land battle. Mm, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not really talking about fighting the government. I'm, I I take more of a defensive stance, and I think uh, preppers are more likely to resist tyranny than most people living in cities true uh because they're pre prepared for it um and they're, they're also uh you know prepared <laughs> i mean they're, they're least likely to be uh marxist because they're taking responsibility for their own stuff you know because <laughs> they're already individual rugged individualists <laughs> right yeah so right. yeah i think i think that's a that's a good idea and a good model and i think there's enough of those type of people in the u.s uh that that makes the u.s stand out as being a little bit different from a lot of other countries so i want to compare that a little bit to our earlier discussion of you know the the inventory system because it seems to me like i am not a prepper i respect those that do it um it seems to me that the situation in which the preppers will be uh, in an advantageous position is generally so unlikely that it's not worth the cost to be a prepper, right? Like the likely 99.9% .9 likelihood is uh, I'll be able to go down to whatever store and get whatever supplies I need on a fairly regular basis, right? Sure. And, the, and the shit would really have to hit the fan fast and hard um, for that to, for that to change the, the very small chance um, that I'll need to be bunkered down in the woods with a year's supply of beans. Yeah, and there's and there's also lots of ways to be prepared. For some people, it's uh, family and friends to fall back on. You know. Okay. So, uh, what you don't want to be is a leech off the state in the middle of a big city where everybody else is a leech, and none of those people have a uh, uh you know a way to survive on their own without um eh, i don't know if, I, I i think it you know it could 
Well, all you have to do is look at Venezuela. <laughs> How would you feel about leeching off the state in order to give you more time and opportunity to prep? Right, like if you're taking your welfare check, um, well, I'm, or your I'm not check. against. I'm not against taking any anything from the state or, uh, you know, food stamps and all that stuff. If, if you want to yeah. do that, I don't really care. I'm um, just saying, if you're not working, right, you you could be training or prepping or doing something while the state is handing you money. Sure. Right. There was also, or a, or, or you could be rioting because you got nothing better to do. Do you really think that's why people are rioting? Like I, well, I, I didn't I think, really buy into that. Like, oh, no, it's just that we I, just it's still just, hold up in our house. It, it just it increases the opportunity to do it. That's true. You know, it's it's like uh, you know, baseball season is basically canceled. I guess. Really, I thought they were playing. Uh, I thought right. baseball restarted. Well, I mean, maybe. I guess you can't go to the to the uh, the stadiums. Uh, yeah, stadiums, but uh, unless you're Fauci. Fauci's watching baseball at the stadium in stands with two right. people sitting like in the seat directly next to him with his mask hanging below his mouth. Oh, good for him. What a picture that was. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think it's, I, I don't want to get too much into sports, but I saw articles where they were doing, um, fake fans in the seats, digital, digital fans in the stadium. Yeah. 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 But I mean, but, if, if, if you're not working, uh, and you don't have, uh, a lot of other activities to do than uh, the chance of saying, oh, well, I want to do something good and you think a riot is a good thing to do. I mean, people's you know, idle hands are, are dangerous. <laughs> you know? is, it, is this similar to the, the, uh, the reason for extracurricular activities for kids? Right? They always say, like, if, if kids have nothing better to do, then they'll, I mean, they'll get into that's... mischief. The whole point of school is babysitting for, I mean, that's, that's at least 50% of the, the rationale be, about public schooling. And, and so you can separate the family, get the you know mom and dad working and, and get the state ta- teaching the kids and uh, babysitting them. You know, it's a, uh, that's, that's the main reason for school is to. Yeah. There are people the, making keep, the case now. Go ahead. Keep them keep them occupied. <laughs> there there are people making the case now that the only reason they're pushing so hard to open up schools is so parents can go back to work. Sure. It has sure. nothing to do with education. It's part of what the economy is, is built on is is everybody uh doing uh, a lot of work uh, and for less money that than they were, you know, thirty years ago or more. Um, when you know, because it used to be that that uh, you could have a household where uh, one person, one family member was the the breadwinner, and you know <laughs> the other person's taking care of the kids, and it's usually the female, um, usually by choice. <laughs> I think I don't know. We probably don't have a lot of female listeners because you get a lot of heat for that. Yeah, but please, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I generally agree. So please go on. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it's it's a i think it's human anatomy and in, in it's a hard point to argue it's mm, and it's, it's not it's not hard to argue it's not it's not 100 percent though it's yeah you're right wh- who's who's it, you know if is it uh, you know 40 60 percent uh that that uh, a male is going to be the one that wants to stay home and raise kids versus no, i don't think know, females? no not at all I, a lot less. I generally think that it's it's ingrained somewhere in your DNA, right? From from hunter gatherer times, uh, 
that there there are specific gender norms. I won't call them roles, but specific gender norms that play out throughout various cultures across all of human history. Uh, and it's difficult to argue. Uh, let, me, let me rephrase. Maybe I, maybe I wasn't clear. It's difficult to argue against that. Does that make more sense? Sure. It's difficult to say like, no, no, no. Women belong in the workplace. And but who no, takes it, care of the kids? I mean, ultimately, women belong wherever they want to belong. They should do whatever they want to do. Um, it's more more often females than males that that choose to stay, you know stay home. I agree. So, as long as it's I mean, by choice. <laughs> you think of uh, you know ki- kids growing up, and uh, the 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 girls are going to gravitate towards the dolls and and playing house and and uh you know f- picking up the baby and, and feeding the, bo- the 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 bottle of milk to the you know the fake bottle of milk to the fake baby you know uh, it's amazing gr- girls are more likely to do that they're more nurturing just by and is it is it nature is it nurture i don't know doesn't matter you know it just happens so that's what i'm saying it's it naturally gravitates that way by some by some unknown force outside of individual control right like i we grew up in a very small neighborhood and we had a friend who was very effeminate right like we would do all the sports things and the guy things and the gi joe things and he would go into my sister's room and comb barbie's hair right Mm -hmm. so we made fun of him his entire childhood for that uh Mm -hmm. turns out he's gay right came out came out later in life who would have thought right and when he came out no one cared because we already all knew and didn't care right Right. but you know as as a kid we knew because that's what he gravitated towards for whatever reason right so i don't know i don't know how you fix that or how why you i don't know why there's such a big push and fight against that um in the again well, the modern leftist feminist from the, whatever from movement. the government perspective it's destroying normal family values and so you get the the kid away from the parents and and you end up with a situation like in China where the the government is the 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 father figure and nobody can think for themselves anymore they're more than the father figure now. They're they're the they're the whole uh, deity now. Did you, did right. you see this recently? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I guess you got to wor- worship. Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh man, <laughs> Xi Jinping, Xi Emperor Xi. Worship yeah. the emperor. Yeah. Right. Take take down your Jesus statue. Like burn down the cross or no. But here's the thing. Right, the the it sounds bad, um, and it is bad. But it's uh, take down the cross, stop worship, worshiping Christianity, if you want to continue to receive government benefits. Right, like that's a weird setup. Yeah, there, because, there was there was a town in, in in China that that resisted the government handouts. They said no, just just stay out, and we'll do our own thing, and and. Uh, they didn't take any of the bribes, but I don't know how they're doing now, but it lasted for you know a number of years. <laughs> well, and that, that's that again, that's the weird part. Cause you could say like, no, 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 I don't, I don't need the government handout. 
I'll continue to worship, you know, whomever I choose. In this case, it's a fight against Christianity. Um, and then what? What what happens if those places that don't take the government handouts and worship whomever they want, in this case Christianity, start to thrive? Then does then does you know the Chinese government come in with force? Because their whole point was like you will you will not get handouts from the well, great Chinese go- government. Eventually, yeah, because well, leftism is built on resentment, and I think that's one reason why. Uh, well, actually, there's there's lots of reasons why they don't like Hong Kong. Okay. Mainly because a lot of people in Hong Kong realize that freedom is good, and they make fun of uh, the emperor. So, <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's the real reason they don't like him. But uh, but there's also the resentment too. Like they're doing extremely well, and there's a lot of people that are like, "Hey, you know, just uh, no, you can't have that." You so that's not you even build, you didn't build that. <laughs> it's not even a real threat then, because if they're do if they're doing well, you know, worshiping their own religion. Uh, and then you cut off the handouts that they didn't really need to begin with, they'll continue to thrive. So could be a win, right? It, it could be a backfiring well, and, policy. Until until they come in and, and take all your stuff. Which is always the next step, right? That's It's always the veiled threat, right? Like even, even now, the, the whole COVID nonsense, uh, where it was just... Man, it's 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 not so long ago, but it just harkens back so quickly on how it started, right? Yeah, just stay at home for two weeks to flatten the curve, and now there's misdemeanor penalties and up to a year in jail and thousands of dollars of fines for not wearing a mask. Man, that yeah. escalated quickly. <laughs> and and at the same time, deaths are going down. Amazingly, yeah. but you, the, you you must wear a mask to prevent the deaths that aren't happening. And the vaccine right around the corner, right? Yeah, Maybe. I don't, Who knows? I don't know if I believe that, but I think it's too late, and uh, I hope most people don't take it. I would generally agree, but I'm again, I'm pro-choice when it comes to vaccines. So if you want to sure. take it, be my guest. I'm going to avoid it as long as possible, uh, just because I'm I still feel good. You know, I don't I don't I, I don't anticipate getting it, and if I get it, I don't anticipate dying from it, which is the only big concern. Um, so I'm good to go. But it just you know. In the beginning, right, the 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 anarchists, the libertarians, even some people, even the Trump supporters, uh, for a little while, right, there was this great pushback against everything that the state was doing, right. No, we don't need to lock down. No, we don't need to shut down businesses. No, we don't need to because we knew that it was a small inch to give up that they were going to take a mile down the road, and that mile has come, right. And in, in from lockdowns that were scheduled for two weeks to that's been extended for four months plus in a lot of places to the criminal, the, the criminal penalties for not wearing a mask that, like you said, um, to prevent deaths that aren't happening, just another money grab. Uh, I didn't, I don't have it as show prep, but there was a, an article that I came across, uh, actually just a brief headline. I, re- I read like a snippet of it, um, where the a dude was, uh, entrapped somehow, um, he's like, it's just a money grab because basically, I guess, um, uh, they, they made it a misdemeanor to, to not wear the mask and he got busted in some supermarket without the mask on, even though it wasn't the policy of the supermarket, some, something weird like that. Don't quote me. Um, and he basically said, no, now, now it's just, now it's just a money grab right now. It's just an encroachment on our liberties by the state, um, because they could just ratchet it up at every, at every turn with full support almost, of the entire country, right? Uh, wear the mask, stay at home, 
take your stimulus check, yada, 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 and now criminal penalties. Man, that was quick. I'll repeat it again. Man, that was quick. Four months, right? Four, four months. The same pa- I, my, 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 uh, my baseline is St. Patrick's Day because that's the day the restaurants got closed here. Um, we're all planning a big old Tuesday celebration um, for St. Patrick's Day and the day before everything got shut down. So we're in March, 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 uh, March 17th or whatever through July. Uh, what's today to we're recording on July 25th, four months went from just stay home for two weeks to criminal penalties with prison time for not wearing a mask. Let that sink in because we're not done. We're not even out of this crisis yet. And then, you know, what's left to come? What more can they do? Have we exhausted that? You want to do some headlines? We got time for headlines. Sure. Oh, too bad Cass left, because I know he really likes to listen to me read through the headlines. Headline, who should libertarians fear? Headline, three reasons representative democracy does not work. Uh, Headline, vitamin C by IV and an FBI raid. How hope, rather than proof, sent the antioxidant sales soaring during COVID-19. Maybe we get into that one. Uh, Headline, this was more for you guys because it was uh, coming out of uh, Hawaii Senator. Senator Brian Schott says libertarians should be freaking out about Portland. Where has he been? Uh, so that touched, uh, touches on a little bit of what we talked about earlier um, with who should libertarians side with. Headline, Wisconsin Bank pays above face value for coins amid shortage. And finally, headline, U.S. federal court ruling, Bitcoin is a form of money. No way. I mean, do you want to it's start there? money. It's not even physical well let's let's do this one then because i want i want to be happy about that about the headline at least um but i also want to be paranoid as to what advantage the government is going to have now that they've declared this to be so right like there's there's got to be something in it for them so let's see let's read i i pulled this up i i glanced at it briefly i didn't read the whole article so let's see what there's anything here A U.S. federal court said Friday that Bitcoin is a form of money covered under the Washington, D.C. Money Transmitters Act, the MTA. The court made this conclusion as it denied a motion to dismiss criminal charges against Larry Dean Harmon, the operator of an underground Bitcoin trading platform. In December 2019, a federal grand jury in the District of Columbia indicted Harmon for conspiracy to launder monetary instruments in violation of state laws. However, Harmon moved to dismiss, citing failure to state an offense. Harmon's move forced the court to determine if Bitcoin met the definition of money for the purpose of the District of Columbia's MTA. In its conclusion, the court states, After after examination of the relevant statutes, case law, and other sources, the court concludes that Bitcoin is money under the MTA and that Helix, as described in the indictment, was an unlicensed money transmitting business under applicable federal law. The court also points out that Harmon himself never disputes that Bitcoin is money as that term is ordinarily used. Harmon's motion to dismiss all charges against him was denied. According to court documents, Harmon's operation Helix, a darknet service, enabled customers for a fee to send Bitcoin to designated recipients in a matter which was designed to conceal and obfuscate the source of the owners of the Bitcoin. Helix was shut down in 2017 while Harmon was arrested in February 2020. Meanwhile, the documents also revealed that before the launch of Helix, Harmon had written had written stating that the service was designed to be a Bitcoin tumbler 
that cleans Bitcoin by providing customers with new Bitcoin, which have never been to the dark net before. Uh, between 2014 and 2017, Helix was used to exchange approximately 354,400. Why is that an approximation? 354,468 Bitcoins, the equivalent of approximately $311 million. End of the article. So, like I said, is is the only thing they had to gain from this the fact that they could indictment for being a, a money launderer? Or is, is this uh, a secret win for Bitcoin enthusiasts because they had to finally admit that it's money um, in general dealings, at least in D.C.? MC? Uh, yeah, I don't know how long that'll hold up. I, th I thought that was an interesting, uh, concept. Um, but sure. Which part? The treating it as money for the, for the, for the means of money laundering? Well, for the, the state calling it money. Um, the, the, they say it's money when it's convenient for them and they say it's not when it's convenient for them. So I don't know which one's going to win out, uh, overall. Well, if he gets convicted and he doesn't get overturned, it, the the ruling would have to stand to honor that that it is money going forward, right? Because any time they try yeah, to say it isn't money, they, according they would have to, to which to which court, and then eventually it would that that concept would have to be tried at a higher level court for okay. a bigger issue. You know, for as long as it's just one guy and it's a small issue and it doesn't uh, make it to the Supreme Court, then um, it could change. Well, this is U.S. federal court, according to the article. So I don't know how many more sure. levels he would have to go. But if he, if he challenges it, right? Maybe, maybe he's the maybe but, he's the guy. Maybe Larry but, Dean Harmon's the guy that gets this to the Supreme Court to make a, a determination for good. But he would have to challenge the ruling based on it being money or not. And I don't think he challenged that when he was uh, being. Uh, well, in his original case to dismiss, but if he wants case, to appeal. Right. Right. So right. he could he could appeal and say, well, based on the fact that it's not money, but why, you know, that would be a bad thing because then he could lose. Well, yeah, but the, the upper court would have to also make a determination that says it's money. Right. And then he would mm -hmm. appeal that because they're all they're all making claims uh, contrary to what the law states. Right. Just because the lower court says it's money doesn't mean the higher court has to honor that. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get this to the Supreme Court, every court until the Supreme Court has to determine that it's money. Right, and then the Supreme Court would have to agree with them yeah, in so order to convict. So if if I'm sorry, I, I had that backwards. If, if he wants to be free, he would have to uh, say that it's not money, and right. the court would have to say it is. Right, and so uh, we <laughs> it's a catch twenty two though. You know, what well, do you you, 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 you would want, you would want him to try to be free by saying it's not money. And and then you'd also want him to lose in the state say, no, it is money. I don't know. That's the thing. Do, uh, I'm going to say, do you, but do we, uh, cryptocurrency enthusiasts, do we want, do we, do we want it to be declared money by the state or is it better that it's not well, I, money? L legally, I don't, I don't know what's the, the best situation, uh, from, from my perspective, uh, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to, I don't, I don't care if it's what the legal definition of it is you know it's a tool and whether you call that tool money or not money or whether you just call it bitcoin that's fine with me I don't sure care. 
I kind of, you know, having been a- around Bitcoin from near the beginning, not exactly the beginning, but I've been following it for a very, very long time. Um, excuse me. One of the things that appealed most to me was that it wasn't government money, right? It was, it was, it was billed as like anarchist money. Like this, this is the means of trade that we can use, uh, outside of the state paradigm. Um, and then somewhere along the line, you know, the, the enthusiasts kind of like changed the rules, right. Of what Bitcoin was supposed to be saying that, uh, you know, wide adoption and let's get everyone involved in Bitcoin. And that's the only way for it to be taken seriously. Uh, I was like, I don't, I don't really want it to be taken seriously. Maybe. Um, I mean, take it as seriously as you want. That's what freedom's about. But, um, I think the discussion of whether it's money or not is to me, it isn't important. Um, that the actual, you know, what, what they were trying to create is an unstoppable currency. Uh, whether you, whether you call it money or not, uh, it's kind of like up to you and maybe the government, you know, depending on what they want to call it. Well, and right now they're calling it money so they can bust this guy for, uh, money, money laundering. Money. Right. Yeah. But I think it's just a matter of convenience. You know, they'll call it, they can sim- simultaneously call it two different things, depending on what case they're trying. We'll see. I mean, yeah. you're, I generally agree with you, but it'd be interesting when something else comes up sure. where they don't want to consider it money and what, the, how they'll reconcile that with this case. Like that'll be, that'll be more interesting. Mm. I mean, you're, you're assuming that the government cares about being consistent and I, and I don't, I mean, sometimes they do, but uh, a lot of times they don't. Well, it's, it's, it's going to make a, it's going to rattle a lot of, you know, it's going to be a lot of saber rattling. Um, amongst Bitcoin enthusiasts as well, because they're going to come out of the woodworks, right? There's, there's, there's going to be questions asked, right? It's got to make the news somewhere. Government says Bitcoin is money. Government says Bitcoin is not money. Uh, who's to decide at any given time? I think it'll make, I think it'll make for interesting coverage when they, when they try to do it. Hmm. You don't think it'll be interesting when the next case comes up and they go like, well, well Bitcoin's not money. I mean, I, I hope it, I hope it makes a splash. I hope it makes a whole bunch of noise. But uh, other than that, like I said, from my perspective, like I don't really care what the state says about it. Yeah, and generally, I, generally, I agree with you because we're going to use it regardless. We're going to use cryptocurrencies regardless of what they say. Uh, but for those that want it to be legitimized, here's the case study. Right? U.S. federal court says Bitcoin is a form of money. Boom! Bitcoin is baited. Bitcoin is money. Now, Yay. now what can you do with it? Right <laughs> now, more people will use it because you can't say, because you can't say it's fake money. You can't say it's pretend internet money. U.S. federal court says it's money. Now start taking it everywhere. Right. Get, get that wide adoption train going. Yeah. And I think, uh, wow. I mean, I, I've been trying to Im- imagine the future, uh, in the next 50 years. And one of the things I've, I've been imagining is, is, uh, well, all trading, taking place on some type of a blockchain um and of course they've been working on this for the last five years uh what's you know ethereum smart contracts and there's there's 10 other ones now that are like ethereum uh but yeah entire markets imagine the stock market being much more efficient to to run on a blockchain than by nasdaq or okay the dow or whatever this is going to sound like it's coming out of left field, but we haven't touched on Ripple in a long time because it's so goddamn confusing to me. Yeah, um, I don't care about Ripple. It's it's a it's a fiat cryptocurrency. 
But does it have no, it's legs? Not, it's not even a cryptocurrency. It's just a fiat currency. Does it have legs? Is the platform, is the Ripple platform it's, itself like conducive to what we're just talking about now? They have two different uh, components. One is the token, which is just, uh, you know, mass printed by themselves and they could create more of them or less of them at will. That's the same as the other one, uh, Stellar. Okay. And the other component is uh, bank transfers and, you know, helping banks transfer value between them. Um, so they have a, a function like a business that could be profitable. And they also have a token on the side that uh, can be used to rip people off. And so that's what I think it's a big scam. I, you know, are they going to, make a whole bunch of people rich yes are they gonna make a whole bunch of people poor yes also so um like if you have any value system then that should guide you to uh bitcoin um which isn't controlled by a central point of failure or a central authority the only reason i brought it up is because i got into a conversation with the customer Mm -hmm. uh, about cryptocurrency and he brought it up. He was like, so what about this Ripple thing? I was like, man, I haven't heard that in like at least five years. Because <laughs> where did that come from? And apparently, you know, he's got a buddy, a crypto buddy, uh, that was like, you know, bullish on Ripple. And I went, man, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to have this conversation because I'm confused by it. So, And at the same time, I want to say no, just flat out no. To give you some perspective, um, Ripple is relatively cheap compared to Bitcoin at 21 cents per coin. And so people look at Ripple and then they compare it to Bitcoin. Uh, But what they don't put into context is that there's many, 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 many times more Ripple in existence than there is Bitcoin. Um, So so, it's even less valuable than that. Well, it's not that it's less value. I mean, its current value is 21 cents per coin. It's just there's a ton of coins out there. Um, so if you look at the market cap, Bitcoin is 178 billion and uh, Ripple is worth 10 billion. Uh, okay. Ripple is currently number four on the chart below Ethereum and Tether. Um, that's still top five. Right. It's still really high, but that's not necessarily a good thing because it doesn't have that much room to grow. Um, is Ripple ever going to be worth uh, what, what Bitcoin is? Um, well, I mean, I hope not, but, uh, <laughs> because you foresee that as a crash in Bitcoin, as opposed to like a meteoric rise in ripple. No, I'm I'm not saying ripple can't, can't rise. It's just, uh, it's, uh, it's centrally controlled. Why would you want to, it's, it's like, it's, it's kind of like a business and you have to trust that they're running the, their business good. Um, and so it doesn't it doesn't have the same uh, it doesn't have any you know value reason like a um, like a what do you call it moral or <laughs> ethical 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 reason to do it it's like if you want to buy it and maybe get rich maybe but it, you're putting your right. trust into like a, a business um, so anyway uh, this the, the twenty one cents per token it seems cheap but how do you know if it's cheap or expensive. <laughs> I mean, twenty-one cents is uh, 
it's cheap, but there's so many more coins out there. So that's why yeah. that's, I mean, so is it cheaper or expensive? Like 21 cents might be expensive, you know, at the, at the point that it gets to $5, is it still cheap compared to Bitcoin? I don't know. Cause there's so many coins out there. Right. So how much, would, how much are you going to get? And what are the things going to be priced in, in, you know, in ripple or XRP or stellar or whatever it is. Right. So, um, wow. Like if, like if Ripple got to a hundred dollars, uh, let me let me do the math real quick. Okay, real quick, I gotta find a calculator. I mean, if you're buying in at twenty one cents, it doesn't really matter how much you're buying. If it skyrockets to a hundred dollars, you you've made out like a bandit. Oh, like sure, that, sure, that's clear. So four hundred seventy six times to get to a hundred dollars. Uh, so you take four seventy six uh, times. I don't know, nine billion. Okay, are you are you getting that because that's a close to the current market cap? Like where the nine billion come from? Uh, yeah, that's the that's the market cap. Okay, it's actually almost ten billion, but I'll, just, I'll round down for some reason. I don't know, like four trillion. <laughs> so if if Ripple's uh, currency got to a hundred dollars, which would still be cheap compared to Bitcoin, right? Uh, mark, Ripple's market cap would be like four trillion. So outlandish. Or, Right, and so is okay. it? Is you, so that's what you have to look at: is Ripple's market cap going to get to four trillion, or is Bitcoin's market cap going to get to four trillion? Like one of those is likely; one of them is not. <laughs> Fair enough. Again, I just threw I just threw it out there because I hadn't heard that name in five years or so, or that brand in like five years, and yet, uh, um, um, amongst the ignorant, right? Because the, the I started talking to this customer because he brings in cash. Right, he's like he's one of those cash is king guys. I don't write checks. I don't use credit cards. You know, I go. It must be generational, man, because I see crypto. And he goes, oh, like Ripple. And I go, well, no, not at all like Ripple. But thanks for bringing that up because now you know because now I have I have questions. Um, yeah. But yeah. So another way of looking at it is uh, Ethereum is thirty four billion. Uh, Ripple's. Uh, close to uh, nine or ten billion, and so if, if you think about for Ripple to catch up to Ethereum, it would have to go up three times. Uh, so that would put it number at number two if it caught up to Ethereum, right? Okay. Um, and that would only be, uh, you know, putting Ripple at sixty cents. Double, triple your money if you it buy triple in your now. triple your money. But you're you're talking about number four catching up to number two. What okay. is like? What is the likelihood that's going to happen? Fair enough. And so and. The other thing is, is, you know, Ethereum, uh, thirty-four billion. Uh, you know, could it catch up to Bitcoin? I I think it could. Um, and for it to do that, it would have to go up, you know, you know, seven times or something like that, right? So that seems reasonable. Yeah, it, I mean, it could happen, but at the same time, Ethereum goes up, Bitcoin goes up even more. So <laughs> maybe it doesn't. Uh, Anyway, it's it's fun to look at these things, but my point, my main point is, twenty one cents per token isn't cheap, because you have to consider what the total market cap is and and how what the circulating supply is. Okay, and I didn't even bring that up. I just went like I would stay away from it because I'm so confused by it. It's not even worth my time to look at, no matter what the price is. And, and if you want something cheap, go all the way down to number sixteen, which is Monero, and its market cap is one point three billion, and it's like. The better Bitcoin, because it actually has some 
privacy built into it versus Bitcoin, which is a total transparent chain, which everybody can see every transaction. Unless unless you do what that guy did on, in our article and go through a, a coin mixer and, and go to jail for money laundering. Well, he was running the coin mixer. That was his thing. It's not yeah. that he got caught in a coin mixer. He was he was providing the service. Sure. Um, now let, let, we got only a couple minutes left here before we wrap up, so I'll just we won't do another article. Um, but I do have one quick question. You've been bullish on Monero. Uh, I want to say from the beginning, almost from the beginning. Yep. Um, pretty early on on Monero where you were like, this is the next one. How is it stagnating? What's, what's the reason you think it's stagnating at number 16? And then what do you think it would take uh, amongst the crypto community well, to really break that out again? Uh, if, you, if it if is, you, if it is the better Bitcoin. If you look at all the scams above number 16, which is Monero, you get Tron kind of scammy stellar. It's the same as ripple. It's a centralized co- token. They can create more of them at will. Uh, Tezos, I don't know anything about, uh, EOS. It's like Ethereum competitor started out high and it's still high. That doesn't mean it's going to increase very fast anytime soon. Uh, chain link. It's the buzzword of the day. Uh, crypto.com. It's a scam website, but they actually provide services. So good luck to them. Uh, Binance coin. It's, you know, Binance is the biggest exchange and they made their token. So they're really popular. Um, so that's why they're worth almost $3 billion. Uh, Litecoin, it came out right after Bitcoin. That's why it's so high. Uh, Bitcoin That SV, was number two for a long time. It was just Bitcoin and Litecoin. Oh, yeah. That was it. Gold and silver. Uh, Bitcoin SV and Bitcoin Cash, uh, they're just uh, forks off of Bitcoin. So that's why the, the uh, distribution is so good. And that's why the market cap is so high. Um, but anybody could make another fork off of Bitcoin and be right up there, number five or six or seven. Um, uh, Cardano, um, another Ethereum uh, copy or you know cl- something like Ethereum. Uh, then you got Ripple number four, which is like Stellar. They can create as many coins. Right. It's central, centrally planned. You got Tether, which is a scam, but uh, they've actually got some assets and uh, people like to trade them. Uh, and it's based on a pegging to a dollar, one tether for one dollar. So are you saying that uh, once these scams run their course and people realize it, that that's when Monero will have its moment, I guess? Like, what's the Monero, Monero moment look like, is my general question. Well, okay, so Monero is kind of like Bitcoin was when it first started out, very spiky. You know, uh, Bitcoin went from one dollar to $32 and then back down to $4 and then... Uh, you know, back to a hundred dollars and then back down to ten dollars and then to a thousand dollars. You know, it's okay. it's very spiky. Um and so that's what Monero has has done in the past and I think it's gonna do that again. Uh once people uh once people question and, and doubt what money is, then they panic and they, they rush into things. Well Bitcoin is now money. So question right. No but doubt when, there. But after Bitcoin spikes next time uh, you know, maybe it hits like forty or fifty thousand dollars, and and then people start questioning, like, why is this worth so much? What is the good things about it? And then they'll start to say, well, well, what could be better than Bitcoin? And then the, and then when Bit when Monero starts uh, going up, and people will question, well, why did I ever buy Bitcoin when when Monero uh, does things just in a better way? Sure. And so it's very spiky. It's going to you know when it when it goes up it it goes up really huge and then eventually people don't care about the the 
the inherent values that, that Monero uh, brings to the table, you know, okay. Cause most, most people don't care about privacy. So it'll, it'll come down again. <laughs> um, so, but how high that next spike will go, you know, last time it Monero hit $400, um, you know, will it hit $10,000, you know, where Bitcoin is now, who knows? I'm, I want to say something that may be skewed a little bit and maybe a little controversial. Um, feel free to assuage my concerns and then we'll wrap up here. Um, the more that I see, um, not rich people, not poor people, but the more I see average, regular, everyday people get into Bitcoin and be so happy that, you know, like, I finally got like a half a Bitcoin and I finally got a Bitcoin and woo, uh, the less confident, the less confidence I have in Bitcoin in general, um, because I don't think that there's going to be this like mass wealth transfer from the poor to the rich. I think the rich will figure out a way to stay rich and the poor will figure out a way to like not be rich anymore. Oh, that's so, true. That's always true. So, yeah. but so if poor people are getting into Bitcoin, maybe that's not the future of cryptocurrency. Um, yeah, well, you bring up a couple of different points, but like crypt cryptocurrency in, in general is is a is a is a way to increase liquidity in 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 the whole monetary system so you like even if you think bitcoin is too expensive you can use a different cryptocurrency you know one that right. uh, pays you to watch websites like uh, bat basic attention token um which i have some because i i run the brave browser at work so while i'm sure. doing my work it pops up a little ad and i skip the ad and boom Bet so there's think. so there's opportunity for poor people and rich people alike, and it allows people to trade, and that's that's really what money is about. It's it's about giving people. It's a tool to allow people to trade, and not not only that, but because of these other protocols and stuff uh, like Ethereum, um, it it allows systems to be built on top of blockchains, so that people can trade more efficiently and with without uh, being controlled by the government. Um, and of course, there's still a lot of danger involved in that, but of of all of them, Bitcoin is the safest, easiest to understand, and that's why I think poor people should get into it. Fair enough. Final thoughts? And it's, it's kind of like gold. Like, should poor poor people buy gold? Well, for the most part, no. You should uh, work harder, <laughs> increase your value in yourself, uh, and, until you can. Uh, have enough money to stash away some in gold, and then you won't be poor anymore. You'll be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and then rich people will still have much more gold than you, right? Like that's kind well, of maybe. I mean, you don't. The thing is, people move up and down. There's a lot of rich people right now that have a whole bunch of uh, stocks, and eventually those stocks are going to crash, and they're going to be like, "Oh, I wish I wish I had bought gold." All you right. <laughs> Fair enough. I just. I, I get cons the the more I see the average people getting into it, the more I get concerned that the price is not going to spike much anytime soon. Because if it did, rich people would already be into it. And then, they are you know, they are into it, and they're part of the reason why it's going to spike. Uh, the next push from you know ten thousand to fifty thousand is going to take uh, a huge amount of money because it's necessarily it has to because yeah. Bitcoin's market cap is one hundred seventy eight billion. So to push that up to what Apple's market cap is, you know, one point yeah. six trillion. Um, but the whale, yeah. the whale holding a thousand Bitcoin, right? Like how how high can how high can Bitcoin push where he still has a thousand Bitcoin and isn't you know 
the richest man on the planet all of a sudden just on paper i don't like understand starts, your concern but <laughs> i don't see i don't i don't see how bitcoin can push to a level where one man becomes that wealthy that quickly like we have we have you know we have the first trillion dollar company uh earlier was it late last year whatever with apple and amazon uh, maybe microsoft got there whatever and then you're you're you know if bitcoin pushes to a certain number and the guys who have you know held on to multiple thousands of bitcoin in the beginning now just have um you know paper value of trillions of dollars in their personal bank account or in their crypto wallet i go like can bitcoin push that can bitcoin push that high where there with where that becomes the result or does that person have to start liquidating on the way up and that's what you know equalizes out uh the price right like that'll drive the price back down as they start to unload in mass quantities that's my concern it's just a thought not really a concern just i don't i don't see how that i don't see how bitcoin can push to that level when there's when there's a handful of people holding so much because you think they'll dump on the market i think so of course they will okay but so what no it's like it goes up and it goes down yeah that, that, but that pushes it back down Yes, it's going to have a bubble. Is it going to maintain that peak? No, it's going to okay. go up. It's going to hit a peak, and it's going to come down just like it always has. Well, yeah, and right, but right now, for the past few years, it it has settled in, it roughly settled in, yeah, around nine ten thousand. Yeah, right? that's that seems to be like a good number for now. Mm-hmm. And you know, to to push beyond that, I don't know what it would take, and to drop back down to that level, I don't know what it would take. Well, for it to, to for it to spike and then drop down back down to 10,000 it would take a strong dollar. So if interest rates ever go up then that would put pressure on bitcoin and gold and everything else. Okay. Fair enough. And I don't, you know, I don't see a strong dollar in the future either. So there's also that. But yeah. But maybe it's the, maybe it's impossible to see because it's centrally controlled. Yeah. It, it is whatever they say it is and that's the danger of having somebody in control of it. it Should have never been given uh, the, the Federal Reserve should have never get, been given that that authority to print money out of thin air to lend banks so that they can lend to their friends and uh, you know random people to make prices higher. Like it's to, also a danger of pegging the cryptocurrency Bitcoin, like the the value of a Bitcoin to the value of a dollar, right? It's impossible. Because, well, but that's what it, that's the, that's the way we look at it. Bitcoin is worth roughly nine thousand to seven hundred. Well, it's not pegged; it it floats. Understood. But when I when I say pegged, I don't mean like pegged one to one. I mean when we talk about the value of Bitcoin, we talk about Bitcoin as it relates to the value of the dollar. Yeah, it's, because it's, it's value the most is easy to understand. Understood. But it also gives you a false sense as if you have a weak dollar, right? And Bitcoin skyrockets to a hundred thousand uh Bitcoin hundred thousand dollars per Bitcoin. Um but every uh, you know prices rise every place else too and purchasing power right which is more important mm-hmm. either stagnates or goes down then it's still a misnomer you still have less value even though you have more value per bitcoin like i'd rather Maybe. i'd rather see bitcoin t- uh, p- the value of bitcoin pegged um, to its purchasing power not in dollars somehow i don't know what that looks well, like well it well it can't it can't be pegged to purchasing power cuz it's it's Constantly, it's constantly changing. Right now, it is. It, but it'll, it'll, it will always change because there's uh, basically an infinite amount of products and services chasing the Bitcoin. So the Bitcoin could could go up forever. 
Yeah, but you also see that with the dollar, so it's not impossible, right? How many Bitcoin except, does it take to wash your except, car? Except that the the rate of increase of dollars is higher than the, than the amount of products and services chasing them. So that's why the value of the dollar always goes down. Over time, yes. But that's, again, that's why I'd rather see Bitcoin pegged to something of value as opposed to the dollar, right? Figure it can't out- be pegged to it, though. <laughs> it just has to sit there and float against everything. Then I'm using the word peg wrong, and I don't want to get into that discussion. I want to I want to see Bitcoin valued in something other than dollars, not pegged one to not not pegged as a one to one ratio of you know one Bitcoin is worth one car wash or one baseball hat, right? But that I want to see Bitcoin priced in terms of goods and services, um, as opposed to priced in terms of dollars. Does that clear up the terminology? Sure, except it is priced that way sometimes, and uh the amount of services that people will will offer to get a bitcoin will increase over time because there's always more goods and services chasing the bitcoin say that again the amount of services people will offer to get the bitcoin will will increase over time because there's always more goods and services chasing the the limited amount of bitcoin yeah i don't fair i don't i don't see what the point is of that is that doesn't mean that we should leave it pegged to the dollar not pegged no i keep saying pegged yeah and i think what you know you what i mean at this point no it's it you you don't like the the idea of people conceptualizing the value of bitcoin with the value of dollars yeah you you want it to completely separate and so people can just use bitcoin to trade and and not worry about dollars. that way it wouldn't be tied to whether or not that we have a strong or weak dollar it'll yeah, just be but, what you can get for the goods and services but dollars are also a tradable good and they're the easiest things to for people to weigh at the moment because dollars are money yeah at the mo- at the moment until until it gets to the point where they're not usable anymore and then people won't use them right but then if bit if bitcoin is always look, viewed as a dollar amount yeah. right then even if bitcoin is worth a million but you can only buy a bag of rice for a million bitcoin right then who cares? I'd rather see it, you know, per pound of rice now and then have that forever be it as opposed to dollars. And that would mean pegging it to the value of rice and that's impossible. Well, not impossible. You could do it. It just wouldn't make, you know, it would be the one good you <laughs> it couldn't. Wouldn't, it wouldn't stick there. It would, yeah, but it would, I don't, it would I change. Don't, yeah, but I don't want it pegged. That's the thing. I, I'm saying pegged and I think you know what I mean and we're way over time because we're getting focused on my use of a term incorrectly and I don't have a better term for it right now. I don't want it pegged to a different commodity. I just don't want it attached to the dollar. Yeah. Right? I rather but I rather I, conceptualize I th- it differently. But I think that you think it is attached to the dollar somehow and it's really not. Because just, it is. It's just a way of describing its value. And I don't want to do that. It's, it's I mean you don't have to, but that's that's what everybody else does because it's the easiest way to conceptualize it. And and it will forever be skewed because of that because it's always it's not, then tied to the oh either strong but or weak but it's not how tied much is to a Bitcoin it? it's, worth? It's not skewed to it. It's not tied to it. If the if the dollar gets weak, you know, then Bitcoin is strong. Well, how strong? What can you get for it? It's always changing. You can get more dollars. <laughs> nah, who cares? Dollars are worthless. Bitcoin is is uh, money money uh, a monetary system the same way as the Federal Reserve note is a monetary system, and they can w- be weighed against each other. Yeah, and I'm saying conceptually, it's, we should strive away from that because it's a terrible thing to compare it to. Just because uh, fiat is terrible. 
that and because again, conceptually, Bitcoin will always be tied to the value of the dollar. Right? If Bitcoin stays at $9,700 per Bitcoin, right? And the value of the dollar decreases where you can't purchase much with it, then the value of Bitcoin decreases as well. Now you'll say that, well, Bitcoin will go up when the value of the dollar, you know, crashes or whatever. Right. But people are still going to be comparing it to dollars. So people will be like, well, I'm rich because I have a million dollars worth of Bitcoin that you can't buy anything with. So who cares? No, you'll be able to buy a million dollars worth of stuff, even if the stuff isn't worth as much as it was last year. Yeah, a bag of rice. Whereas if you could if you could tie the value of the Bitcoin to actual goods and services and get away from the dollar, it would be it would So there was some people trying to create a cryptocurrency that was tied to the value of a barrel of oil, for example. Yeah. And oil goes up and down too, but you know, oil will always have some value because you can burn it for energy. Right. Um and that's that's fine, but you still you sh- you would still necessarily need a central authority to uh, uh, manage how many tokens there are and how many barrels of oil there are in storage or whatever, uh, in case somebody wanted to redeem those. Um, so in the end, it doesn't work because you still need that central authority. So so because Bitcoin isn't tied to anything, uh, that's why it works. Just right, like but, gold, gold isn't tied to anything. You know, it's yeah, but it's, it's also gold. viewed in values of it, gold's value is in, in its dollar value. Same with same with Bitcoin, right? At least if you t- if you move it to oil, you can say you know like one Bitcoin is fifty gallons of oil, right? Will it always be? No, but that's the current price. How much is a Bitcoin? Fifty gallons of oil, two dozen bags of rice, fourteen thousand hogs. Right, I don't care what it is, just as long as you don't say dollars. Final thoughts? No. All right, that'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com. Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, uh, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.